folks, welcome back to another episode of quite possibly the most horrific, scary, traumatizing, ghostly, haunting, possessed podcast. Possessed in a good way, though, by the positive light. Podcast. This side of the universe, the mostly ghostly paranormal hour and a half-ish. You know what I mean? Here we are. How, we're, we're joined today by one of our favorite guests of all time. You know, if there was a third leg to this mostly ghostly deal, it would have to be the great Cindy Lou. But how's it go? Hello from the windblown Wareham. Happy to be here and see you guys. That's for sure. The Windblown would be a great name for a podcast. The Windblown. Think about it. It's a great, I love that name. The Windblown. It's so mysterious in, in, in itself. The Windblown. I like that. be a great bar name or something. <laughs> you know, we, we, me and Ray, we're going to eventually retire into doing country music, and that'll be our first album, The Windblown. The Windblown. But I couldn't do that without the great Ray Booten. Ray, how you doing over there tonight? Not bad. How about you? Doing pretty good. You know, we got the mood, the failing's good. We get the lights down a little bit. You know, uh, I think it's the best way to listen to mostly ghostly out there, too. You know, kick back, dim the lights, and let us kind of venture out into the world of the paranormal for you. St. Louis, it's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. Uh, anything cool? popping off since the last time we talked and you, you get into any well, investigations or right now as soon as you just even said Ray's name my light started flickering oh yeah so I know like when is it happening it's happening right now um the house is happy to hear that Ray Booten is in proximity because the second <laughs> he said Ray's name the porch light started flickering um Henry and Donald Hall, they're the resident spirits here. It's their house. They gave it to me. Um, they, they like Ray. So they're saying, hey. <laughs> Everybody loves Ray. Ray is in the house. Hey, I'm saying hi back. I dig it. So we have more than just one guest with us. That's what I like to hear. We try to have paranormal guests as well as in people in the physical form. You know what I mean, living? Well, today is a very cool episode for everybody out there. You know what I mean? One of the creepiest, you know, we were talking briefly before the show about just kind of, uh, you know, witches and the creepiness of witches. You know what I mean? The situation, you know, they're, they could be supernatural. They could be, you know, uh, a lot just as alive and human as we are here. You know what I mean? Um, great witch episode in season one. I always like to bring up, you know what I mean? It has a very explicit title, so I can't use it. I can't say it now that we have a big brother, uh, sponsorship hovering over us and that, you know, I can't say the names of these titles, but you have to go back and find them for yourselves. Um, Tennessee's bell, Witch is what we're going to talk about today. How you guys feeling about the bell, Witch? Yeah. Yeah, I got. I got to be honest with you. The more I learn, and I and I and I I learn about what was happening down there with eighteen, sixteen, seventeen. Um, I like her. Yeah. She's a hero. 
Heroic deeds, indeed. A heroic demon. Well, heroic demon. You don't hear those words put together too often. No. That's an interesting tag. That should be a t-shirt or something like that. <laughs> um... <laughs> We got our own. Is that right? Who me? With the with the bell. My blow. My mind was blown apart. For I thought we were experiencing like some crazy paranormal thing for a second. <laughs> oh, I didn't know what lights. was going the on. The lights are going crazy. I got. We need more lights next time. I got spooked out and like I couldn't see what was going on on Ray's camera. He's just not there, and there was a ringing. He was. I thought he could have popped up in the P zone or something, possessed out. What was that, Ray? What, what what instrument was that other than loud? That's a singing bowl. I like that. This one happens to come from Tibet. It's got the sacred seven um, medals in it. I had it for quite a few years. I used to know a guy that came from, uh, well, two people. I know one over in, in India, and I used to know a guy from Thailand, and uh, he used to travel back and forth, and he got me stuff directly from there, not not bought out of a store. That's the way to do it. You don't want none of that uh, manufactured crap. You want the real deal. But I brought my own bell for the Bell Witch. Oh, I like that. Hopefully, I'll keep her away and not draw her in. That's all I ask. But you don't want her talking along and having her input also? If it makes her more fond of me than not like me, then I guess... I guess. I mean, if you're going to invite her to the party, I guess I can get along with her. I mean, jeez. You got to listen to this very, you got to listen to this very carefully afterwards. There may be a few extra voices in there. Well, as long as you tell her, you're the one that has to tell her she's got, you know, turn her, shut her off. When it's closing time, you're the one that has to tell her it's time to leave, man. She might not want to leave. She might want to continue the party and that's on you. She, She might have something to say. As long as you know that ahead of time, you know, that's in your hands. But, you know, the airiest of legends, they say. They think America's greatest ghost story, some people would say. I don't know. I mean, it's up there. I definitely feel it's in there, you know. But, you know, as this, as the legend goes, in the early 1800s, John Bell and his family were reportedly haunted by a malevolent spirit dubbed the Bell Witch, an ordeal, ordeal that ultimately ended in murder. You know, that's a very bad ending. You don't like that stuff around here. But for centuries, the legend of an evil entity called the Bell Witch has made waves in rural Robertson County, Tennessee, uh, the home of Jim Varney. The spirit allegedly appeared in the early 1800s to haunt farmer John Bell and his family, but she remained a part of the American folklore to this very day. Um, and she has. You know, I know we were talking briefly. I We... Cindy Lou, I think, made the comment uh, that I believe the Blair Witch Project was loosely based off of this, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blair Witch Project, you know, a lot of people will give give it some crap nowadays, but that if you got to see that movie without hype, oh my goodness, that was like a terrifying experience. You catch that in theaters without hype. Uh, some people been, say it looked like her. Huh? Some people say I look like her. Oh, no, no, no. There it is. Oh, well, with the darkness. Yeah, you know, you're trying. You know, the Blair Witch is a magnificent 
film when you see it. To be in the uh, the first screening of that would have been something else before anybody talks. Same thing like The Sixth Sense. You got to catch that before the hype and before the twist, and it's all good in the hood. You know what I mean? But when it's a true story, it's got you, you know, based on a true story. But the yeah. the Bell Witch true story, solid, confirmed for decades. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right about that. That it's possible, you know, if you're dealing with true things, you would uh, you would assume, you know, going through somebody's putting somebody's life in the public like that would be the equivalent to stepping over their grave type deal. So, like, I feel like there would be some type of presence from the content on set with them and carrying even maybe later on so but uh i definitely feel like when when you make when people make movies about people that aren't there anymore i definitely i would assume that their presence would be felt and it would be on set and all that stuff and in the writing room and the editing room and all that good stuff all them rooms um but for shizzle yeah the blair witch is such a creepy tale you know but uh let's let's give the bell witch her, her due her just due uh, because, you know, due to legal things, it's probably why they couldn't give her props in the flick. It is a, fa- uh, it is a family name after all, Bell. So somebody might not want the murder to be, uh, movieized up in her. Now, the Bell Witch started as a relatively harmless entity knocking on walls and pulling blankets from beds. She quickly turned violent. Soon John's daughter, Betsy, had scratches and welts all over her body. And after three years of escalating hauntings, the ghost supposedly murdered John himself. Yeah, can I pause? I'm going to pause you there. Yeah. Because this is where I feel like she's misrepresented. Like, she's getting a bad rap. So here, here's what they're not seeing. In, I mean, obviously, there's other, you know, articles and stuff. But yeah. 13 years, they lived there with nada, zero. And these are slave owners. So this guy moves into this town. He's collecting slaves. He's one of the most um, yeah, popular, rich, very wealthy uh, farmers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so he has a lot of slaves. And so for 13 years, it was peaceful there. Um, so, so my thought, and I, and I really was wanting to ask Ray this question, and he was kind of touching on it with the Godzilla a, bit, a little bit. But, um, you know, do you think it's possible for, like, um, spirits or negative vibes that come out of situations to, like, come together? Um, meaning, like, I'm, I'm picturing, like, because he, this bell guy had a bunch of kids and, and he, it, it, this guy, this ghost specifically um, t- tormented the daughter and the dad and not anybody else. Like he, they really didn't do much to anybody else. So I personally think that the bell, Witch is like a, a spirit of one of these slaves that's probably wasn't treated well, or maybe they were practicing some voodoo to try to free themselves or something. But um, I do, I do feel strongly that they weren't treated well and, uh, and that the, that spirit collects. And so my question for Ray is, you know, if, if enough of these uh, behaviors and entities are gathering, do they work together or do, or do they don't, they don't, they just work independently. Uh, they can work together. Typically, it is a stronger energy or entity that can bind others. I mean, they can voluntarily come together. But if you have a negative energy that's uh, been growing there, it can be what um, 
different than the episode that we did about soul eaters. They're soul collectors. And they collect them and they feed off the energy of that and they can man- they can manifest that way. Uh, that is something that's done in, in several uh, practices, uh, dark practices to collect the energy of the souls and to use them. And it's, yeah, it's very likely, totally possible that you had something negative that either occurred there or an individual and it gained power from others there, whether they were in spirit or the oppression of slavery and the anger and the pain. And it, that grew in power so that at some point it was able to manifest and start attacking those that created that negative situation. Uh, the easiest thing is if you have a parent is, is taught them by hurting the child and when the parent starts to become themselves disorientated um, they become more vulnerable then you can direct uh, attack the uh, parent directly yeah if the if the movies have shown me anything you know people practicing voodoo usually don't mind throwing a curse or two you guys think that it could be a curse thrown? You know, there's a lot of, whenever I think of plantations with the, with the slaves and stuff like that, I always think that would, the energy in those places must be so horrendous that it's like when, like those scenes in movies when you see people in like super evil places and there's like blurry demons walking around because like the evilness is so high that it's almost crossing over into your it's insomniac right it's, it's shit's so fucking wild it's crossing over into your dimension but like i always assume that the, the heaviness like like they'll say you know it was like uh you know germany where they have where they they killed like the holocaust the holocaust has a heaviness to it i assume that these these old plantations must have like that same heaviness, you know what I mean? When you walk around them. Well, I was wondering, cause this thing's like super powerful. Like it's, yeah. a, it's able to manifest itself, you know, and change forms and, and move quickly. And um, so I'm, I'm just wondering if like an entity is so strong, I guess he kind of answered it, you know, as far as like, it's probably a bigger entity it, collecting these smaller I, situations. Cause I'm just picturing like, slaves getting killed and like right. their bodies tossed in the back next slave tossed in the back. And I'm always wondering if like the daughter had something to do with that because why didn't it bother the other people in the house as much as it did the daughter 13 years went by. And I was wondering what happened in that 13 years at the, with the daughter, if she was participating in such hateful acts that, um, you know, it would want to target her too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought with the, the energy deal, so like the all like when, like when you die, your energy goes into a bigger energy source type deal. So yeah, whether it's positive or negative, I think that's kind of obviously negative in that situation. But yeah, I definitely think that it would just be one big glowing powerful ball of bad energy. You know what I mean? Right. Well, it's bad though. They it wanted to kill. I think if they were. The slave owner and the cause of the pain. So it's like, that's why I feel there's a bit of heroism there. Like, are you really bad or is he really bad? Well, no, I think, no, no, no. I mean, bad in the sense of like, they came from a bad thing. Like what, like they went out horribly and going out horribly, I think creates like a negative energy. 
You know what I mean? It's all, and I feel it could be almost purgatory like of a negative energy that it put people in because unfortunately they had to go out so dark that, you know what I mean? They're kind of lost in it. Um, but with like that be like, I could see with so much of that around that that energy would be just kind of, and it's sadness and just, you know what I mean? It, it, it's like terrible stuff. Um, but like, I think that, yeah, the, enough of that together would be more powerful in it. But you could also, what do you guys think about the possibility of in just a physical human form? Somebody like uh, some slave got, actually got to kill him off and they just could figure out a way to make it look like it wasn't them. You know what I mean? But he, he was poisoned that ultimately he lived a long life, but he was poisoned. Well, poisoned. But they say at, on his deathbed, the ghost, like that he heard its voice and it was like, yeah, I finally got him. That's where I was kind of like, there's such a target on bell that he, there's no way this is a good guy. And I yeah. almost feel like the negative energy did everybody a favor because it said after he was dead, oh, yeah. there was a calmness um, for years or generations. Right. Yeah, and it sure. seemed like um, the family members that were like cool and straight, straightforward, um, the, the, the next generation, he was like a, tra- he, he was like a um, adventurer, a traveler and explorer um and Mm. he didn't have any any hauntings whatsoever but then like his descendants come up and and maybe they're a little bit questionable people as far as their character goes and now they're getting haunted so i i do i do think that the the bell witch definitely targets for me anyway i feel like she targets uh people who aren't necessarily uh good people well i i just want to say real quick that he yeah he's definitely bad people he had to go you know what I mean? For sure. I almost feel like maybe, uh, maybe he was poisoned by a living person and, uh, maybe his, his close to death delusion or guilt is what made him kind of bring that up. You know what I mean? I, maybe, but I mean, it could, as we're going to dive deeper into the bell widget. Now, Ray, what do you think? What do you think about that? Well, I can, I can agree that uh, all that trauma that occurred, it could all that energy could kind of coalesce into a being and could manifest. Now that manifestation could be able to influence an individual yeah. to give him poison. Yeah. Influ- influence someone to turn around and poison him. Yeah. I uh I always assumed that people like slave owners were just kind of for the most part, not that good to begin with. Cause I think after a while of owning another human being, your relationships with all types of people would change, you know what I mean? In your head. So like, he probably could have been awful to his family. So like a wife could have poisoned him. It, it could have been a slave, someone that worked that worked there that was like, you know, not a slave, but like just still hated the dude. There's a lot yeah. that could have went into put in the dude and if he had money like you said he was a real wealthy dude of his time so then the wife would get the loot um who knows it could be a lot of crazy stuff now what's you guys take on the fact that it went from the innocent stuff of knocking on walls and pulling blankets to violent and, and, and how long do you think of a process like that takes is it something you think that's an overnight thing or you think that you know uh it's it slowly progresses to that I think the evil behavior collects its ability to 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 manifest into negative. I, I, I feel strongly that there was questionable behavior 
with Mr. Bell, maybe even the daughter and definitely the slaves. And that just those actions are going to, um, they, they have repercussions, you know, in there and, and evil feeds on evil. And so it's just going to manifest itself faster. That's for sure. True. I also, um, I also think that while this, uh, early on, while this energy is collecting, it's trying to manifest, but it can only do so in small ways. Uh, maybe it might be a knock. Maybe it might be a touch on something. But as time goes by and this evil man, his evil that's in himself as well as the negative energy from all of the evil he's done, the people that have died at his hand, that have been uh, lived hellish lives as slaves because of, because of them, that builds and builds so that now, once it is strong enough, it's not going to knock. It's not going to pull a blanket. Now that it has the power, it's going to kill. It's going to get revenge. Do you think enough of that energy could turn into almost a dark portal that was conscious? And what I mean by that is that just by pure will, it could go, I want to be in Ray's living room right now. And then poof, he's there. You know what I mean? Well, be able to be physical with you. Yeah. The daughter, Betsy, couldn't sleep. Like, this thing was, like, really targeting her. So they moved her to a house down the street, a neighbor's house. And, um, like, it showed up there and was like, did you really think that you were going to get away? And, like, even she was trying, she was, like, engaged to a guy down the street. And, and it just bothered the uh, the entity so much that they ended up breaking up. And, and I think another thing that she reports, Miss Betsy, is that it, and it makes me feel like this is somebody that had been passed that was mistreated, um, was that when, even sometimes when it like would, would, would mess with her, yeah. um, she reports like it put its hand on her hand at some point. Like she was like terrified shaking and like it, 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 it responded in almost like a remorseful way and put its hand on her hand. Like it's, you know, like almost like a motherly kind of thing. So, um, I do, I do believe the spirit that's the main spirit there has got some significance to, you know, to the property itself. In, in uh, being a past slave or, or somebody. And, and actually they, they said too, um, I heard um, it was nice to his wife. Like it mm. didn't mess with the wife and it and actually went out of its way to be nice to her. And that's why this thing is like super powerful that it can manifest um, the way it does. Yeah. I think he was a bit, I think that the dude, obviously he was bad, but I think he was, I think John Bell was probably an exceptionally bad person, probably to a lot of people. Now, several uh, theories have emerged over the years that attempt to explain the Bell Witch hauntings. Some believe the local school teacher who was in love with Betsy Bell somehow fabricated the eerie phenomena so the girl would leave her uh, betrothed and marry him instead. Ooh, scandal. That is scandalous, yeah. Uh, a modern-day scientist. Think John Bell was, uh, they think he was slowly poisoned by arsenic perhaps by one of his slave workers. I mean, I think there's a lot of people, you know, I assume back in the day it'd be uh, for the wife to do it. It'd be, uh, you know, I think the, those enslaved workers, I think uh, were all, not only were they treated like garbage, but when you needed someone to blame something on, you know what I mean? I think they went right there for that too. Um, 
So she could easily have gotten away with, you know, that type deal. But if she was nice, I you know, friendly with them, then the only thing she could really say would be maybe blame the ghost, blame the bell witch. You know what I mean? Now we're going back to a time where I've, you know, I don't even know how they would know that it was an arsenic poisoning thing, unless I mean that they're making those accusations way later in time. Um, but yeah, I think that that would be, uh, I think that's kind of the vibe with that so far, but yeah, slowly poisoned with arsenic. It's almost like maybe, um, they didn't know, they didn't know to give them enough, uh, but they didn't want it to be too crazy. It's one of those deals, you know, while it is impossible to know the true f- nature of the unexplainable events that terrorized the Bell family in the 1800s. The legend of the Bell Witch persists as one of America's, if not America's greatest ghost story. All right. Now we're about to get into the origins of this Bell Witch. You guys prepared? I'm ready. All right. Strap on on your seatbelts. Now, according to their website, where we get a lot of our research from when we do our hours and hours and hours of research. The story of the fabled apparition began when Red River, Tennessee. Red River is a nice old country uh, western film, too. There, It's now called Adams, Tennessee. Farmer John Bell spotted a strange creature in his cornfield in 1817. It looked like a, like a dog with the head of a rabbit, but it disappeared when he shot at it. So he didn't think much of it. I think I would always think of uh, much of it if I seen a dog with a rabbit head. I think I would think think much of that often. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, if you see something like that, if it's, it's, if it's terrifying enough to have to kill on the spot, I think it's one of those situations where uh, think about that. It's one of them things. Um, that evening, you know, while John and his family were sitting down to dinner. They heard a strange knocking sound from outside. Now, several of John's sons ran out the door to see what it was, but they saw nothing. You know, to go into like the thing from before with like the the knocking sounds and all that um, on the you know on the walls, and then like Ray was going with, I think they, they work their way up. They get they they make little things, and it's almost like they take in your energy if you're kind of being curious or scared. Of like what it was, you know what I mean? Uh, so then you would slowly, it's almost like the Freddy Krueger effect. I think we've called it on the show before, where if you believe in it, that's when like, uh, it can, you really give it the power and it can be troublesome. Well, you know, you. I, I want to just kind of like, just jump in real quick, because one yes. thing that about this is, you know, these, the, the first reports that were coming out of this area were from the slaves saying that they were seeing these really weird creatures and when, when I hear saw really weird creatures, I think Bridgewater Triangle, right? Mm-hmm. So I couldn't help but look. And, of course, Adams, Tennessee is in the middle of Devil's Triangle. So this area that this house is in and this entity is in and it's so powerful, it's it's in a triangle like we love here in good old Massachusetts, um, you know, our – our, our our Bridgewater Triangle. So oh, yeah. they, they got a devil's triangle. So, you know, we got the Huckamuck Swamp and, and they get cornfields. You know, and even Bridgewater has some cornfieldy type stretches of land. It's very farmy uh, for the area. You really, when you get into Bridgewater, it's really got a farmy vibe to it. 
Now, that evening, you know, while John and his family were sitting down to dinner, they heard a strange knock sound from, coming from outside. Uh, like I said before, so, several of his sons ran to the door to see that it was nothing. Over the next three weeks, John and his wife Lucy and children continued to see apparitions and hear dress. Over the next few weeks, John and his wife Lucy and his children continued to see apparitions and hear unexplainable noises. One of his sons saw a big bird uh, of extraordinary size, and his daughter Betsy spotted a girl with a green dress swinging from a limb of an oak tree. Even one of the farm's enslaved workers mentioned that a large black dog had been following him around. Um, you know, when I hear the big bird, you know, even uh, the Bridgewater Triangle even is known to have um, its own little bird deal with something called the the predator. Um, I think it, it had, I forget the, what town it was out of, but it had like, it, it was originally known as the whatever town predator. Um, it wasn't the Bridgewater predator though. I know that, but it was uh, supposedly, you know, pterodactyl like to go with the Bridgewater triangle thing. They have the whole deal with, oversized animals and stuff like that and prehistoric things, you know, things that have been there forever. And the predator, I think falls into that. Um, but yeah, it would, it would have this like a crazy scream supposedly that people would hear and it would be hovering and flying over your car and all that creepy stuff that you don't want it to be doing, you know, at all hours of the night too. A lot of it was always, you know, morning type deal, you know, early morning type stuff. Um, yeah, so you guys ever get down with the big birds, birds of extraordinary size and girls with green dresses swinging from a limb of an oak tree? I wonder if she was swinging from her neck. I wonder what they were going for there. She was swinging from her neck, Cindy. She Cindy was. And, and I thought it was interesting, too, that um, she was in a cave. Yeah. Um, the Bell Witch, I think it was like she was in a cave and stuff, and then you think about profile rock and, yeah. and, and the similarities there. It is extraordinary. Profile rock. Uh, it's now large black dog. It would follow him around. You always hear about like demon dogs. That's like a common thing. You know what I mean? Right. I experienced them as a uh, kid. Yeah, I did. I, I experienced them 100% in Wareham at my mom's house on great neck road. Um, you know, I had my room on the first floor and these big dogs, and I mean, they were like of extraordinary size and nobody believed me. They put me in therapy, um, until one night, um, finally, after a long time of them not believing me, my, my stepdad, um, he experienced, you know, the paw prints outside. Uh, they're totally real. Um, they, they're absolutely enormous. They were looking inside my room. Um, and they haunted me for, for uh, many years. They had to put my room upstairs. I will, um, love for you to, you know, uh, my, ever at my mom's house, she's got so much activity. Um, good old Nancy over there, but, um, haunted dogs definitely on great neck road. Over there was, how big, how big would you say they were? I would say that they were at least four and a half feet tall. Oh, really? And I'm five two. Yikes. Peeking in the windows, looking in my windows. They 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 were one hundred percent looking in my windows. 
Right, well, when you, you talk, yeah. Right, so when you're talking about the large dogs, if you are talking about a triangle, possible portals, then what you're talking about, uh, one name for it is hellhounds. Yeah, that's what I was looking talk, for earlier. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're talking about hellhounds there. If you're talking about birds, people, dogs, now, if they're not separate, they could be one. And now you're talking about a shapeshifter. An entity using that energy to change shape. And it could use the dogs to track them while they're going around. Uh, it could use something to, it could fly over. Uh, it could appear as a girl to kind of lure somebody out into a forest. So you're, you're talking about shape shifting also. That's some creepy stuff, you know. It's, uh, you know, it, as time went on, the hauntings only increased in frequency and violence. Soon, the family heard knocking and choking noisings throughout the house. Invisible dogs fighting the sound of rats gnawing on the beds and chains being dragged along the floors. The children had, uh, had their bed sheets ripped off of them and endured scratches and hair pulling. That's some heavy duty stuff. Uh, knocking, that's kind of creepy, but choking noises, that's a little heavy duty. That's a little too heavy duty for me, I think. This is a very vocal spirit. It was known for just being able to say what it needed to. Clearly, um, they didn't need recorders or anything. It was, it, it, it spoke, um, all the time. It, it was always in Betsy's ear. Um, anyway, clear, clear as day, um, being able to to communicate with us or them. I think those choking noises could have been that girl hanging. Uh, well, you're also looking at if you're taking when we were talking about all the slaves, the torture, the whippings, the type of life they had to endure, you feed that energy into an area that is a triangle that could have its own energies to begin with. Uh, those could be noises, recreations of what these people suffered when they were punished or choking or choked or starving. It could have been something that was thrown back at the owners, uh, what the, what the slaves were going through and what they had suffered. And being, being in an area like that where things are wide open, add that negative energy in there of all that cruelty that's done there. I'm surprised it, uh, took so long to show up and it didn't escalate faster. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, the ghost seemed to be, uh, it seemed to favor Betsy as she pinched, slapped, and stuck, she was stuck with pins. Yeah. Sometimes the invisible abuse left red handprints and large welts all over her body. Repeatedly, the witch often claimed that she wouldn't leave the Bell family alone until John was dead. Betsy broke off her relationship with a young man named Joshua Gardner. Hmm. Yeah, and, and she, and she, I believe she, she just came out with it and was like, "My name's Kate." So, like, we can call her Bell Witch, but she, she, she's definitely Kate the Witch. So she proclaims. Yeah. It's not a scary name. She's like, "I am Kate." Very, very common. 
You know, now when John confided in the happenings to a family friend named James Johnson, uh, the man spent a few nights on the Bell Farm and confirmed that some sort of spirit seemed to be terrorizing the family. Uh, Kate. One version of the legged, <sighs> one version of the legend states that the Bell Witch was a spirit that had been disturbed when the family built their farm on Native American burial ground. Now, that's what you hear that a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Another says that the Bell family once asked the ghost who she was, and she responded that she was the witch of Kate Bats. Was it Bats? Yeah, Bats. B-A-T-T-S. I didn't know there was that. Oh, yeah. An eccentric neighbor who was known for making up stories for attention. Oh, my. I mean, that was a concern for me, too, when I was looking into this was... Was it an entity that was exaggerated for fame? Because a president, Andrew Jackson, was president at the time. He wanted to go there. And on the way there, Mm -hmm. he says they heard a voice. And it was like, you're not going there. And they're like, we're going. Even though like this disembodied voice just came out of nowhere and said, you shouldn't go. We're going to go. But he didn't go because um, a wheel on his cart had broken conveniently but well, i'm just saying i was i was wondering how much hype there was that they were having a president stop on through hmm. it was one of the, you know regardless of its identity news began to spread about the evil spirit and the home soon became a tourist attraction of sorts people traveled from all out of town to witness the witch's tricks for themselves even future U.S. president, Andrew Jackson, supposedly paid the bells a visit. You know, but he didn't make it. He didn't make. He tried to. He didn't make it. Well, according to Tennessee State Library and Archives, then General Andrew Jackson heard stories about the Bell Witch and decided to investigate himself in 1819. Some believe he had property on the Red River, and he stopped by the Bell farm when he was in the vicinity and others say three of John Bell's sons had fought under him at the Battle of New Orleans. So he wanted to visit them and offer his assistance. What do you guys think it might be? Of those things? I mean, was it on cue? It sounds like people like they were doing parlor tricks. Like people were stopping in to like have some pillows thrown at them almost. I I don't, you know, I don't give fault to anybody for how they get down on their fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's their thing. Yeah, it's it's it's. I definitely feel like he would come if he if if it was battle, the brotherhood of battle would always would bring you back no matter what the close bond to that. Uh, but then of course, if he's just a a believer had want to go talk to him too. I feel like he was probably just, maybe he was both. I feel like a lot of people in battle get spiritual, you know what I mean? Because yeah, he named his bullet, the witch tamer, the witch tamer. (laughs) Wow. That is pretty gangster. I got to give him credit for that. He's uh, he belongs in a Quentin Tarantino movie. The Witch Tamer. 
That's like the peacemaker. There's this big a bat in a movie. I forget the movie, but they got the peacemaker carved into it. Uh, I kind of think of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, that gun with the. Uh, that's what I think. That's just me. Yeah. <laughs> I can appreciate some Roger Rabbit. Shout out Gary K. Wolf, friend of the, 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 the old the, the folks, the boombastic folks. So it's crazy. Yeah, dude, it's a crazy deal here. Um, but the president came by and nobody cared much for him. They told him to beat feet. Now, as soon as Jackson and his entourage entered the Bell property, one of their wagons became stuck. Oh, all right. I heard uh, a different story. But a, the story I heard is a little bit different. I, all right. I heard they got a flat wooden tire. But then, shh. Despite their best efforts, the wheels simply would not turn. And Jackson declared that it was doing, uh, it was the doing of the witch. According to a legend, a disembodied voice then said, All right, General. Let the wagon move on. I'll see you again tonight. At the farm that that evening, one of Jackson's men proclaimed that he was a witch tamer, that he was a witch tamer, and he had a silver bullet that would kill any evil spirit he came across. I like it better when the bullet says witch tamer on it. <laughs> no sooner were the words out of his mouth than he began screaming and jumping around, shouting that he was being pricked with pins and beaten. That's some voodoo stuff right there. I know we talked about voodoo a little bit Mm -hmm. earlier that might be behind some of this. Um, The disembodied voice uh, reverberated through the air once more, saying another, and he said, fraud. Uh, Would be revealed the following day. Jackson's men begged to leave, but the general convinced them to stay put, uh, at least for one night. You know, because they know that guns and knives can't kill ghosts. They want to get up out of there. I don't blame them. Now, it's unclear what happened the night at the John Bell's farm, but villagers saw Andrew Jackson speeding out of town the following morning, saying, I would rather fight the British at uh, New Orleans than fight the Bell Witch. Interesting. He was also on a lot of alcohol and LSD. And they said, woo, the Bell Witch. No, they wouldn't do things like that back in the day. That is very, um, when you think about it, though, like for him him to get chased out of there, there was something to it. You know what I mean? There was something going on. Now, the mysterious death of John Bell and the disappearance of the witch. Uh, From 1817 to 1820, the Bell Witch remained a permanent fixture at the Bell Farm. According to the historic Bell Witch Cave, the spirit would supposedly speak with the Bell family and visitors from around the country would uh, about the past and future. That's it. The future is interesting. And she was especially well versed in the Bible. Very interesting. You know, Uh, she once even quoted word for word two different sermons that had been given at the same time, 13 miles apart. But though I don't. I mean, sermons, we're talking about the preachings of a pastor or preacher, something like that, right? So it's not exactly the words of God, you know what I mean? That's uh, So I don't know how I feel about the I'm last highly one. Highly suspicious. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the last one. That one seems a little, could it be fake, it could be fake, because who cares? That's I feel like they just had to keep it going. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't. I just don't know any spirits that are on command like that and then go off like sight in the Bible. 
because the Bible usually. Yeah. Yep. Right. Was that you? No, no, it wasn't me. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought I heard a lady earlier too. <laughs> That'd be interesting to look back. I, I usually I, I thought, sounded like you started to say usually, and I said, "Uh, yes." Yes. I thought I heard Ray, and I thought I heard a lady earlier. I thought you were playing a video on your phone. <laughs> oh my! Goodness. I told you at the beginning of this, you've got to listen to it carefully afterwards. My computer you might, get, <laughs> might get more than just us, and it's happening. Well, I, I will say that I had to switch from my laptop to my phone because my my laptop with all my notes on it is giving me hard times. You also you got to look at. You know, something Thanks, originally man. originally was there. Yeah. <laughs> originally was there. And what happens is later on when it became popular, people, yeah, people tried to milk it, tried to make something from it, uh, tried to build it up. That doesn't mean what started there wasn't real. Yeah. That was probably real. And as for the name Witch, I was thinking about this for a while. If you go back to that time, anything that someone would associate with the uh, evil of the devil, they would call a witch or witchcraft. But if you got to take a look at, um, okay, you've got good and bad in most religions. I mean, you, if, if you're talking about non-human entities, you have angels that are supposed to be good, devils that are supposed to be bad. Jinn come in both good that help mankind and the jinn that hate mankind and try and hurt them. And you go through all the religions, there's good and bad, uh, the two sides of it. Now, if you've got this high-energy area with portals, who knows what could be coming through? You could be using the energy of the tortured slaves to punish the master. And when it's all done, the people see an opportunity to just keep this legend going and maybe make money off it. But they have to be very careful because um, they might wake it back up. And may not like it. Now it was thirteen years. What was I'm, uh, supposedly the sermons were thirteen miles apart from each other, but thirteen was also played a part somewhere else in this story too. With thirteen, where was it? Thirteen years. They lived there for thirteen years okay. with no activity. Interesting. So thirteen, you know, obviously thirteen's bad. You know, bad mojo number. You know what I mean. The unlucky number, they say. Good Johnny Cash song, though. Actually, but, uh, 13, in certain rituals and esoteric uh, principles that are uh, practices that are done for good, 13 is one of the power numbers. Oh, really? Hmm. Friday the 13th, the day we got rid of all those pesky Templars. Hmm. There you go. Friday the 13th, Jason Voorhees got rid of all the Templars. I heard that's... That's how it goes. Now, the entity who began answering to the name Kate after she claimed to be the witch of Kate Bats was violent toward John and Betsy Bell, but she seemed to like John's wife, Lucy. She reportedly brought her fresh fruit once uh, when she was ill and often complimented her. Now, you take when you're already ill, do you take fruit from a witch? <laughs> If any any Disney movie ever taught me anything, I'd say you don't take fruit from a witch. <laughs> Cantaloupe's okay, just not apples. That's it, just not apples. Yeah, fair enough. I'm down with that. 
Um, now, as the years passed and the hauntings continued, John Bigel, John Big Bell began experiencing strange muscle twitches in his face. Um, these soon progressed to migraines, tingling sensations, fatigue, and seizures. Uh, then in December of 1820, John suddenly slipped into a coma. The following day, December 20th, he died quietly at home. Oddly, his family found a mysterious vial full of dark liquid in the kitchen cupboard that hadn't been there previously. John Bell Jr. allegedly put a drop on the cat's tongue and it immediately fell over dead. It's awful, but I got to laugh at the unfortunateness of being the family cat at that moment where they just use you, they guinea pig you into the dead zone because they want to know what exactly this liquid is. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, you know, you know, if the apple don't, don't fall too far from the tree. And if your kids are going to give the fucking cat the death serum, it's very quite possible that the, the, the bad, the father was bad news again. Um, yeah, that's interesting, you know, but, you know, one of those deals, the dark liquid in the kitchen cupboard, it's like, why would you, wouldn't you get rid of that? If it was murder, you'd want to get rid of Well, actually, he was slowly poisoned, supposedly, so I guess that would make sense. It would still be there. And and I, I believe the spirit took ownership for his death and was like, yeah, that's me and that's my poison. Hmm. You know, the progression, you know, you f- must twitch, my uh, muscles twitches in the face migraines, tingling sensations, fatigue, and seizures. At first, I thought that possibly he might, maybe there was like almost a suicide type deal because you'd think that after so long, um, you'd go crazy a little bit. And like in the beginning, it does tell them, I believe it told him, like if 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 he died, they'll stop or something like that. I think something like that was spoken earlier. So, like, the idea of, you know, when we talk, like, sacrifice, uh, some sacrificing himself for his family-type vibe, um, you know, there could have almost been something for that. But, again, he ha- he's not really coming off as a good guy, so I don't – he way. Ultimate ego wouldn't let him make that sacrifice too much. Now, the Bell Witch, like you were, you were going for, uh, Cindy was saying, she her voice echoed again throughout the house – and uh, she said, gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him, which sounds like sex if you want to get dirty. Um, so who's to say it was actually poison? You know what I mean? Uh, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. So she definitely had a sense of humor for sure. If that was, uh, I like I like her phrasing. Her phrasing seems like she would have been fun to kick back with. Uh, when everybody was liking each other. One time only. <laughs> exactly. I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night. So I guess when they when they must have picked up the vial or whatever, that's when they heard it, I assume, before they killed their cat with it. You know what I mean? Um, so after she said that, John threw the vial into the fire where it exploded into blue flame and shot up the chimney. Also very weird. It kind of makes that supernatural. I mean, I don't know how that those poisons burn, but I'm assuming it wouldn't have a big f- flame shooting up the chimney. I guess unless it was a gas thing, which it could have been. You figure back in the day, poisoning 
uh, they'd be like, uh, they'd probably give people anything to play sort of, you know what I mean? Good old, good old gasoline. Now, with John being dead, the spirit would focus on Betsy. Uh, she began to follow her whenever she was with Joshua, her fiance, pulling her hair, beating her, and shouting threats and curses at the young couple. By March 9, uh, 1821, Betsy couldn't take it anymore. She broke off her engagement with Joshua, and the Bell Witch suddenly disappeared. If it was true love, she would have stayed. That's all I got to say. Now, the entity allegedly visited Lucky, uh, Lucy. She cannot be called Lucky in this situation. And she told her she was leaving, but she'd return in seven years. Um, I think that was Blair Witchy, too. And, I, and sure enough, in 1828, the Bell Witch reappeared with, to John Bell Jr. and stayed for three days, house guest style. Speaking with him about the past, present, and future, she even reportedly made predictions about the Civil War, which was still over 30 years away. I wonder what those predictions entailed, you know what I mean? Um, just saying that there was going to be a war going into some detail, you know what I mean? But, uh, so, you know, she didn't, the kid, she didn't have an issue with the boy, right? Just the daughter? <clears throat> That's interesting, too. That's You know, whenever you hear something like that, it's kind of a weird vibe. <clears throat> it's got to be, like, their energy that they pick up on their, you know, their intentions and, like, their, their soul, if you will. But um, it's weird when they're, like, be mean to one of the kids and kind of be cool with the other one. Well, he had six kids, didn't he? He had, like, six kids, and then he's going to pick one. It's probably maybe, the, maybe the daughter was... Uh... Like the dad, she hung around with him. She was there when he did things. She agreed with it. She kind of like worshipped him and was like, "Oh yes." And uh, what happens is they held a grudge against her because she took part in it, maybe a quiet part, because he may have actually done the cruelties. But uh, she was just too much of it and too attached to him, and so they took a little bit of revenge on her too. I mean, a daddy's girl type deal where she would kind of have his personality because she likes him so much. And maybe the boy was the, like the least favorite, noticeably the least favorite of the bunch. And maybe they kind of, uh, they kind of, they found a mutual ground, him and him and the, the spirit. <clears throat> now, when she vanished for a second time, she supposedly said she'd return in 107 years. And the person said, I don't think I'm going to be here to see you. You know what I mean? Um, but there was no <clears throat> no record. You hear the choking in my house? There's no record of the reappearance in 1935. However, some of John Bell's descendants claim they've seen signs of the enduring entity. You think they'd just kind of keep that on, try and get a book deal? Or you think that they've actually seen stuff? What do you think? I think they're in that triangle that they're experiencing something. Mm. The at the very least residual energy. Um, if not residual, there could still be something active. But with John gone and the situation changed, they haven't had any energy to feed off of. They're a little weaker, mm -hmm. but they're still there. Now, supposedly, uh, Lucy Bell Butler claims 
that she and her daughter have seen the black dog from the original tale, the OG, the OG ghoul, original ghoul, and uh, a giggling girl with one Betsy saw swinging from the tree limb 200 years ago. They didn't bring up the green dress, so maybe it was a different girl. But sometimes they see her running through the house. So maybe the reason that she's, uh, uh, I don't know, got the green dress is because she's with, in the wilderness, in the woods, in earth. And then when she she's in the house. I don't know. We've talked about that on the show before a little bit. It's like, it's very weird. Like the dressing, the fact they're clothed at all is weird. You'd think that you wouldn't have clothes in a spiritual form, you know what I mean? Um, but like, it's weird that the, in the different eras and stuff, it's, you know, of course it's when they died, <clears throat> but I always thought, you know, clothing's weird. It's like, you picture a, a ghost waking up in the morning and going, well, what am I going to wear today? You know what I mean? All righty. Now, in 1894, that was a good year. Newspaper editor Martin V. Ingram published the book in uh, Authenticated History of the Famous Bell Witch. Now, there is some controversy surrounding the book. Some believe it to be a work of historical fiction, while others see it as a full-length record of the legend of the Bell Witch. But since the story seems so far-fetched, multiple other theories about the true origins of the tale have emerged over the centuries. Uh, and I could understand. I mean, all tonight we had a lot of good discussion thus far on the possibilities of what it could be, what it couldn't be, physical, spiritual, you know, the whole nine yard mental. It could be a mental thing for crying out loud. Who knows? But some of the other alternative theories that are interested in tapping into, uh, they, they're just as good as any other paranormal story. You know, there's several possible explanations for the events surrounding the Bell Witch haunting. One of the older theories, you know what I mean, involves Betsy Bell's teacher, Richard Powell, you know what I mean? You didn't have Richard Powell for a teacher, did you, right? Going back then? Going back that time? Uh, no, he'd already retired. Uh, <laughs> ah, well, you know. The, the, you know, the, the teacher's plans weren't that good back then. Supposedly, though. Although Powell was 11 years older than Betsy, he was madly in love with her. That's never stopped anybody before. You know what I mean? And he was visibly disappointed when he discovered that she was engaged to Joshua Gardiner. Now, Joshua Gardiner is a dude she eventually got had to get rid of because she was so traumatized by being uh, upset by this ghost. Now, he was also rumored to have knowledge of the occult ventriloquism. Well, those are two different things. I thought they were trying to j- join them together. I would say occult ventriloquism. That's another album name for us in the future, right? That's a, for a heavy metal band. Uh, the hort- horticulture and horticulture. Now, in other words, if anyone could pull off a, uh, pull off such a involved hoax, that it would be that dude because he was claiming to be the man when it came to that stuff. Powell was the dude with that hoax shit. Now, this theory is straightened by the fact that Powell did indeed marry Betsy Bell after she broke off her engagement with Gardiner. So there's heavyweight there, actually, that we didn't even know was coming. You know what I mean? Now, a more modern explanation of the Bell Witch haunting comes from Dr. Megan Mann, a chemistry professor at Austin 
Austin Pay State University in Clarksville, Tennessee, just 20 miles from the original site of the Bell Farm. Now, she told Tennesseans, uh, John Bell's son talked about all of these strange medical symptoms he was having, and a lot of them sounded very uh, neurological to me. As someone who knows a, a bit about things like biochemistry and toxicology, she continued, if you look at the neurological symptoms, those are oftentimes caused by heavy mental poisoning. Now, heavy mental poisoning, I assume, we're not talking about physically drinking something where I, I automatically think of somebody just giving somebody the, you know, so. Like Charles Manson, you know what I mean? Brainwashing. Brainwashing, some heavy mental poisoning like that. Mm. Now, Mann noted that the arsenic was a commonly used poison in the early 19th century, and long-term exposure to the element would have caused the symptoms such as muscle twitches and trouble swallowing that John experienced. Additionally, arsenic burns blue, so that kind of works with the fire. Um when it exploded in the fireplace, John Jr. threw it. Now, man believes that someone, perhaps someone from church, who didn't like the Bell family, what do you mean, somebody at church wouldn't like somebody? Or one wealthy farmer's enslaved workers, you know, one of those folks, slowly poisoned John Bell over the course of three years, finally finishing off the job in December of 1820. You know, for the enslaved workers, I feel like they're not going to risk being caught. They're going to take their shot. They're going to probably do something that would kill them immediately, not something that they they risked three months' time getting caught doing and then them and their family turn into hamburger meat, you know what I mean? um, So I kind of take that out of the slowly poisoning thing I take out of the mix. It definitely seems more like, a friend of the family or supposed friend of the family, maybe the wife or maybe even a church folk, you know what I mean? Um, a slow thing, a chef, if they, whoever was chefing it, I guess, I guess one of the enslaved people would probably be the chef of the house too, right? Or you think they would bring in like somebody to cook. You think you would think that if you were being that evil to people, you would have more brains to let them feed you dinner. Um, I well, I don't. I don't think they knew. I don't think they viewed slavery itself as bad because it was the norm. It's how people got by. It was their. It was their livelihood. Yes. So it's yeah. And, and also, you know, the some of the slaves weren't necessarily upset because they had an. Op- I mean, they had a place to live, and they, I guess, had their own communities in some instances. And in this case, it was a really big plant. Well, I don't know if it's a plantation, but it was a really big operation there with a lot. So, um, you know, he's just one person and I'm sure that they, they built a community. Um, but I think that definitely his treatment of them, um, is gonna, is gonna, you know, be for me, be the reason why um, things started stirring, you know, and who knows if he was actually interested in the dark arts as well. Mm. Yeah, that's very possible. You know what I mean? That's definitely a possible vibe. Yeah. You think the, you think suicides pulled out of this? There's any chance of it being some type of doing it to himself type vibe? 
I would I would say no. I would say somebody uh the head of the family, the owner of a large plantation or farm, he has all the slaves. There's too much ego there to kill themselves. They they the, no. No way. They're too full of themselves. The church was kinda witch trial, you know, we thought whenever we talk about the witch trials in here, we always talk about how if you had something somebody else wanted, they go, witch, 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 get rid of them. Now they have it. So in the same sense of farmers and land and all that, and you're talking about church, which I guess a lot of good things come from the church, but an equal amount of bad things come from the church as well. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if people in the church, they did, you know, it's like uh, the yacht club. Church is kind of like yacht club a little bit. So, like, if somebody there wanted something he had, uh, they, they could probably figure out a way to justify taking that person out of the picture so that their life could be happier. You know what I mean? They'll pay a little extra tithe that week and rub out, rub out Johnny. You know, Johnny Bell hit the benches. Um, but it's interesting. So, yeah, I wouldn't put it past church folk because the further you go back the more crazy we get to each other and uh church people are still crazy to each other in this day and age so i can only imagine back in the day um horrible stuff now no one will ever know the truth behind the bell witch legend except for us at mostly ghostly but the accounts and theories associated with the folk tale certainly offer great material for late night campfire stories and podcasts you know what i mean so that's kind of the just uh, of this thing we call the Bell Witch up in here. It's uh, it's definitely something. I think that I don't know. You know, in closing, you know, we have plenty of time to discuss, but we'll start to go in that direction, and we'll start with our our great guest, Cynthia Whitney, Bell Witch. What do you think we're driving with here? What do you think the reality of a situation like this? I think I think there's a lot of different um, facets to this. Like, there's a lot of different components to what's going on. I think that there's definitely um, geographically an area that is possible haunting. I think you have um, slavery and negative um, actions that will uh, bubble up these evil spirits. Evil is real. Every day we have to choose to be good and, and choose to do the right thing. It's just it. You have to. Um, and then on top of it, you have human greed grasping on. And so part of it, I think, is a little bit fabricated as well. So there's definitely something there. Um, but I think it was definitely exploited along the way. Yeah, never underestimate the greed factor. That greed factor is pretty legendary when it comes to One of my favorite sins, right? Huh? <laughs> One of my favorite sins. Ooh! One of the seven deadly, so you got to be careful out there. Um, Ray, what's your paranormal expertise opinion on a situation like this? Do you think <laughs> that we're dealing with some 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 witchiness, or we think we're talking some more? Uh, physical human trouble. I think you originally were dealing with an entity. Mm. There was something that was attacking that family. Yeah. Um, I think the name witch came from that time period where everything evil was uh, attributed to witchcraft or a witch. 
So I wouldn't necessarily say it was, you know, the witch sitting around a cauldron uh, casting spells. No. Uh, that's that's just a convenient name. Uh, to me, there, there was an entity there. It was a prime situation in an area that uh, has act, act, is known for activity. You've got the slavery, the torture, the forced work, the death. And you've got the people that can, all of that can come together to either create something or help something that's already there to be able to manifest. So I believe, was there something there? Yes. Did people later on turn around and uh, kind of try to exploit that, make money off it, um, still do? Uh, because I believe that you can go in that area and get tours. Yeah. For, for what remains, they, they still try and make money off it. But I think what it started as was a definite entity there punishing that family. A very real thing. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think in places like that, there's always going to be a heaviness to it, for sure. Um, which I don't want, I wouldn't want to, you know, like I said, those places are dark, man. There's like Holocaust places, you know, I'm surprised there's not, do they do ghost? Do they do like plantation ghost paranormal things or do they stray away from that because of the darkness of the situation? You can go down to, oh, just, it went in my head, back out of my head. Uh, Merrill or some, I forgot is, uh, several famous plantations down there that are haunted. Mm. One has a museum in it. One runs something similar to a bed and breakfast, but they're all haunted. Mm -hmm. I went to a plantation in San Antonio called the Black Swan Inn and completely haunted. It was at a wedding and bees literally flew into the groom's mouth while he was giving his vows. The, the bees flew into his mouth. I was standing there watching it with my own two eyes where I'd be skeptical. Yeah. Um, so that, but I didn't see anything like um, he were given like tours at two, um, but definitely, uh, definitely haunted black swan in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. Cause I always, ex- I expect them to be extremely heavy, heavy, gloomy places. You know what I mean? So with like that being said, I feel like uh, all that there, the bad energy of that, I think creates an aura around it. Um, and I think that it definitely can manifest itself into some type of issue, whether it's possessing somebody to do something, you know, uh, do, do the killing type deal, but I don't know. I lean toward. I lean a little bit more towards a possession situation, like maybe the witch possessed the wife or something. I don't. I don't really think that there was. I mean, who's to say? But I almost feel like one of the enslaved folks probably didn't do it. I still kind of think that it would be if somebody had their shot, they'd take it and not risk getting bopped doing it so many times as to a slow poison. <clears throat> but I mean, if the only way they could get do it would be in the, through the kitchen. I mean, I guess, but I don't know. I feel like they spend enough time with them. You know, I'd be interested to read up on it and see kind of how often there was 
it was like slave owners were overthrown on their land. You know what I mean? Because they're usually outnumbered. If if a revolt was ever to happen, whenever I see it, it's usually like a, like a regular family, mm-hmm. like parents, a kid, maybe a brother or a cousin or something that lives with them. But then it's ma- mainly the enslaved folks around them that like, it re- it's like, it's a psych. They beat them down psychologically too. So they don't think that they could like escape, but like, it's kind of, it's, it's a weird deal because like, I, and I got it living. So I don't know, but I assume you would be able to, um, if you guys rose up, you would just over without, without much fight. You could probably overthrow the house, but so I don't know where I place that. I almost feel like at the end of the day, it's probably, um, you know, maybe somebody from the church who wanted his stuff. Um, maybe a wife, maybe, maybe like a lover of the wife. Um, it could have been a dude, one of the guy's friends that, like I said, I don't think this guy was a good dude. I thought that he treated probably everybody in his life badly. So, like, anybody realistically could have just had enough of him one week and just been like, all right, you finished. Um, finding the poison, you know, if the family's in on it and they find the poison, keep in mind the family destroyed the evidence when they threw the poison in the fire. So, like, it's all their hearsay and stuff. So I think it's more probably an in-house human type type of uh, job than I don't know if I'd quite throw paranormal on it. Yeah, I think there's a legend and a lore out there, but I think that that just kind of got tagged into it a little bit, maybe. Um, yeah, it's a weird deal, but uh, the energy could be out there. I think the energy could be out there, and it could definitely manifest itself into either something that could physically do wreak havoc or, you know, get inside somebody and mentally like a possession wreak havoc as well. But yeah, I don't think a witch witch. I don't think like a witch killed him. I think you know, more so used used other sources if it was a witch. It could have just been good old revenge got him. Good old karma caught up with him. Sometimes well, that happens. <laughs> you've had three people here, like I said. Yeah. Listen very carefully and see if there's anyone else on the recording when it's done besides the three of us. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm excited to do that and creeped out to do that all at the same time. You know, whenever, <laughs> we, whenever we've stumbled into anything like that, it's always a very creepy deal. And since it is the Bell Witch, just once in honor of it. I like that. It'd be interesting if none of the bell noises were in the cut. That'd be a fun thing for like it to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? That big horn, that big loud horn. Now the real trick, Ray, tonight at like three in the morning when you're sleeping, you're going to be hearing this bell going off and you're going to be hearing that horn going. <laughs> uh, who says I'm going to sleep at three in the morning? Oh, good call. 11 a.m. He's kicking over at 11 a.m. You're going to hear that. Ray Night's wouldn't even be... Night's, uh, Night's the best time in the quiet and the dark. I agree completely. Get the, you can get the most done. It's very peaceful. Uh, I miss my nights. But 
there's one every day, and then there's a night. It's very nice. So I know Ray wouldn't be scared if he if he woke up in the in the middle of a sleep and he heard. It takes very little to scare Ray. If there was other voices, I don't even know if Ray would get scared. You know what I mean? If it was a growl, I don't even know if Ray would get scared. What would scare Ray Booten? Are you allowed to give that? I know, I know that you don't want certain people could be listening, certain entities could be listening, so you don't have to, devote, to divulge that info if you don't want to. But there should be a book written one day. Everybody pays thirty nine ninety nine for it, mostly Ghostly Press, and it should be the things that scare Red Booten. It only be one page long. It'll say nothing and then that's the end of the book i like that the only thing that scares me are people and what they do to other people that's true amen is humanity ultimately the devil at the end i don't know if it's the devil or not but uh some people sure embrace it or at least what the concept of the devil is what do you think of humanity and the essence of its free will that they could be they could be the biggest blessing ever put on earth, or they could be the, the biggest demon that didn't come from hell that was born to earth. You know what I mean? The gamble. You know, humanity has the option to be either of those things. You know what I mean? It's quite a crazy thing. One elevates itself, one de- destroys itself. We get to choose. Yeah. It's a crazy deal, and you get into karma and stuff and all that stuff, and it's like, it's a weird deal because it's like it could be, it could be not like it could be free reign. It could be you could do whatever you want to do, and everything's cool, or you could have to answer for it. It's a weird deal. I think you have to answer for it to some degree, but we'll see how it goes. All right, well, that was uh, that was the Bell Witch the series. The Bell Witch, you know what I mean? Um, witches always get to me. <clears throat> like I said earlier, it's because they have the, there's the physical, <clears throat> the physical witch of like, you can go, there, there's people that are be witches out there now that just, that do spells, they're humans, do spells and all that. And then you have like almost spiritual witches that are entities and stuff like that. And uh, always some creepy stuff. Have you guys ever had any creepy uh, encounters with witches or heard any like interesting stories of real life witches? I, I got some friends that are witches. There's good witches and bad witches. There's definitely good witches and bad witches. Um, I think sometimes magic gets confused with alchemy. Yeah. And, you know, and, um, and, and, and other witches are always trying to get me to join them. Um, but I don't, you know, the wicked witches, I don't, I don't really see a lot of evil stuff coming out of them. They're just like, you know, it's like some candles and play with, grow some flowers and herbs and dance around some moon. You know, I don't see them uh, sacrificing little animals in, you know, Freetown State Park there. I don't, I don't see that happening. The Satanists maybe, but not the witches. You think that, so do you think that, you know, all that behavior that they throw on witches is mainly just a burden that it catches for, you know, we've talked about stuff like that on the show before the burden, where it's just like, they get lumped in with it. 
Well, I think I think the term changed. Like the word magic, it means like if you go back to the 1800s, it means you're doing a deal with a demon or or an entity that you don't know what it is. Like you're 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 making a deal with them. Like I want um I want to be rich, so I'm gonna. There's always a price to pay. That's for sure. You know. Um, and then there's people that um practice um medicine and, and alchemy and, and meditation and prayer. And, uh, and, and I think somewhere along the line that got crossed. Yeah. I've known, uh, which is one actually for about 30 years. And there was a time we used to, uh, actually do ceremonies together and there was nothing evil about it, which witchcraft, uh, nowadays, which identifies as Wiccan, uh, it's basically an earth-based religion or earth-based belief system. And you've got the goddess. And now you're starting to talk about, if you go into Native American, the goddess is equivalent to Mother Earth. And mm. there's a lot of crossover in there. I think originally what witchcraft was is you could be someone who simply um, respected nature. And let's say you knew a lot about herbs. And you knew which ones could uh kind of help somebody if they were sick. Oh, this will take away a stomach ache or something. Right. Okay, you, the church comes along and says, oh, no, 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 no. People are starting to follow them, not us. No, they're evil. You come to us and pray to get rid of that stomach ache because those people, that's actually in league with the devil. It was competition. Yeah. So yeah. They, they demonized them. They made them evil. And it's taken a long while uh, to get rid of that. Now, there were some people that still do it uh, as far as demonizing anything like Wiccan, witchcraft, and such. But really, if you're talking about witchcraft, that's being adept at manifesting what you want and causing things, taking control to be able to manifest your energy to bring about things in your life that you want or that you need. And people will say, oh, that's witchcraft. Mm, not really. All all you're doing is harnessing the energies around you and your own energy to be able to create a situation that is beneficial. And what's wrong with that? Oh, it's, it's uh, competition with government. It's competition with churches. It's competition with... So they're going to condemn it right off the bat. I think it's safe to say that witches... Uh i really just Caucasian Native Americans, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's what we're, yes. I think that's what we're going for here. I think that's what this all boils down to <laughs> on this episode of uh, Mostly Ghostly. So, you know, I agree with all you folks out there. Yeah, it's a, it's a good deal. So we'll, uh, we'll catch all y'all on the next episode. Well, actually... Cindy, thanks for being on the show. How can we not give thanks to Cindy Lou for popping on the show? Always a pleasure. Can't wait for our next adventure. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Our last episode released, Cindy Lou got some love. Ray Arnold had some shout-outs for you. Nice. We gave you some shout-outs, too. It was shout-outs all across the board. All across the board. And uh, now I can officially close down the show. I just want to tell you how loved you were. You know what I mean? Oh, I love you guys too. 
And we'll keep the love going for all the folks out there listening to the Mostly Ghostly Show. And we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly.